awakening, we can expect an outpouring. Hallelujah. We've been declaring since the beginning of this year, actually last year, that this is the latter rain in abundance, that the latter rain has been tipped over in heaven and cannot be poured back. Hallelujah. So I want you to agree with me for the latter rain in abundance. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, let's get started. Today is Palm Sunday. Glory to God. And so, number one, Palm Sunday is the day that Jesus was celebrated as the Messiah in Jerusalem. He made his triumphal entry, a triumphant entry, entry into Jerusalem. So it's the day that we celebrate that. That the promise of God had arrived. The Israelites, the children of Israel, had been believing for it for many years. At this time, there was a Roman occupation. Could you imagine if there was a Roman occupation or a Chinese occupation in America, what that would feel like? We would want a deliverer to come and deliver us from, you know, whoever had occupied our town, our city, our country, our world. But they were occupied by another, a foreign leader, a foreign uh, soldiers were all in the streets with their spears and their knives and what, you know, whatever they, you know, needed to keep them under their feet. So you could imagine them seeing that Jesus had come in and they hailed him as the Messiah and as the deliverer. That they thought that he was gonna, they, he was gonna come and, and strike down the Roman government and they'd be free from that and, and that would be low thinking. Because he came to do a whole lot more. Amen and amen. So I found 20 different promises about the Savior, the Messiah that I listed. And uh, I'm not sure if I... Did I give them to you? I didn't give them to you. Okay, so I'm just going to list. I'm just going to tell you what they are. I didn't list the scriptures. I didn't have time to put them all down there. But every one of these things, every single one of them, has was every prophetic thing that was spoken of Jesus came to pass. Everything that was spoken, the first thing, this is not the first thing, but this is one of the things, I'm going to name 20 of them, that he'd be born in Bethlehem. And we know that he was born in Bethlehem. That he would be born of a virgin. We know that the story tells us that he was born of the Virgin Mary. That he would come from the, the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That he would come from the tribe of Judah. That he would be a son of David. That's why in all the Gospels, it shows his uh, his lineage. You can trace it all the way back to Adam. And it goes exactly through the line that God said that he would come through. It said, number six, said that there would be a massacre of children at his birthplace. And there was. Herod decreed that all the children under two years old would be killed just to try to snuff out the life of the Messiah. But God warned. We know that God warned Joseph in a dream to flee to Egypt. And then there was another, I didn't even put this one down, so here's a bonus one, that, that he called his son out of Egypt. So when, when Herod had passed, all those who sought to take his life, when all they had died and passed, he called Jesus and, and, his, and the first family, you would call it, out of Egypt and into Nazareth. So that's a, that's a bonus one right there. So he called him out of Egypt. They came out of Egypt. Number seven, that a messenger would prepare the way for him. That was John the Baptist who came and prepared the way for Jesus. That he would be called a Nazarene. We call him Jesus of Nazareth because he came, he, he lived in Nazareth. Um, number nine, that he would speak in parables. Number ten, that he would be betrayed. Number eleven, that the betrayal money would buy a potter's field. Now, how more, much more specific can you get than that? That's, that's pretty specific, that it would buy a, pot, a potter's field. Number 12, that he would be silent before his accusers. Number 13, that he'd be spat upon and struck. Number 14, that he would be crucified with criminals. Number 15, that he would be given vinegar to drink. 
Number number um, 16, his hands and his feet would be pierced. Number 17, he would be mocked and ridiculed. Number 18, here's another really specific one that's just kind of scary. says that the soldiers would gamble for his clothing. When you read Psalm 22, he said, my God, the, the very words he said from the cross, Eli, Eli, Lamaxabaxani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It says the very same thing in Psalm 22. And then it goes on to say, my hands and my feet have been pierced. All my bones are out of joint. And for my garments, they cast lots. It says that over in Psalm 22. It didn't happen until many years later over in the New Testament. Number 19, that he would be buried with the rich. You know what? We know that Joseph of Arimathea gave him his tomb, a brand new tomb that no one had ever been laid in before. That They gave him his tomb. And uh, number 20, that he would be resurrected from the dead. And all these things came to pass. Now listen to this. That's just 20 things, but there are so many more. And the odds, listen to this, the odds of just eight of them coming to pass in the life of any one person would be one in, can you put that number up? Can you see that on the screen, how many zeros that is? (laughs) Be one in, it's actually a cotillion. One in a, is a quintillion? Quint, not a cotillion. That's a, that's a dance, isn't it? (laughs) But one in a quintillion. That's a whole lot of just, of just eight of them coming to pass. But we know that there were 20, well, more than 20. There's so many of them that you couldn't even get them all down in one sermon. Amen. But one in a, in a quintillion for just eight of them to come to pass. That's why the Word of God is miraculous. Man, I tell you, when I realized how amazing the Word of God was, that it's talking about Jesus all in the Old Testament, that the Old Testament is Christ concealed, the New Testament is Christ revealed. And when you connect the two and you see that God is so cool, that He spoke those things about Jesus way before He was ever born. Hallelujah. It just gets me excited when I think about the power of the Word of God, that it's alive and it's powerful. I have my my own um, belief that the Bible is the Lamb's book of life. Because I believe that it's, it has depth and, and I believe that it's, it's more amazing than we even know because the Bible says it's alive and powerful. I believe that all of us are listed in there too. When they do the skip searches through there, you've heard about that, the Bible codes, that they're, all the names of the apostles are, are listed right there at Isaiah 53, 5. I mean, how could that happen? That has to be God. So the Word of God is so amazing. But if you just, you know, it's fine if you just read it on through. Amen. <laughs> you have to look for the Bible codes, but, but it's amazing. The Word of God is, is miraculous. And so today we're celebrating another prophecy that came to pass in Jesus' life. And that's Palm Sunday. 550 years before it happened, Zechariah prophesied. It was a promise of God. Zechariah 9.9. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a Colt, the foal of a donkey. Now that's pretty specific too, isn't it? (laughs) So you fast forward 550 years and here we see Jesus coming into, coming in through the eastern gate, riding on the back of a donkey. Listen to the story here. Mark 11, 1 through 10. It says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you. So he tells them specifically where to go. Go into the village opposite of you. And as soon as you, as soon as you've entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. 
And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let him go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Hosanna there is an exclamation of adoration. It meant praise and wonder and worship. But it also means save. It also means send help, deliver, get victory. Hosanna is a good word for us to begin to shout unto God today. Amen. We need help in this situation that we're in with this virus. Amen. So Hosanna is a good thing to cry out even now. But God says just in case the fulfillment of this prophecy, everything that God said, the way he said it happened just like he said, that he'd come riding lowly on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So God says, just in case the fulfillment of this prophecy is not enough for you to believe, look at this. Look how God created donkeys. Look at that donkey. You see that stripe on his back right there on his shoulders? Look right up there. Look, every donkey has this cross on its back. I mean, God, when did God make donkeys? Keep that picture up there. When did God make donkeys? From the foundation of the earth. He knew exactly about this prophecy. He knew exactly that he would come and redeem mankind. And he put this symbol on the back of the donkey. That is just the coolest thing to me in the world. (laughs) That he made donkeys with this pattern on its back that would be the symbol, the symbol of victory for you and me. So number two, the cross is the symbol of his victory Our victory. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. It says, He has made us alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having what? Nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In what? The cross. The cross. He could come lowly on a donkey. He didn't need to come with like Solomon in all his glory. He could come lowly on a donkey because he knew the power of what he was about to do. Woo, that's so good. Philippians 2, 8 through 11, it says, He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father so God stamped the donkey with this symbol of his victory for us over the for the victory for us over sin and death not that not just that donkey but every donkey isn't that awesome that just blesses my soul right there. So he entered through the eastern gate. And that was that was very um, specific also. The Muslims, you can see a picture of the eastern gate. 
That this was the gate that he came through. This is not the actual one. They rebuilt this this gate right there um, in the temple. Um, you can see it right up there, babe. See the gate? That's the eastern gate. And um, so that gate in the year 15, I believe 1501, if you put it back on the gate again, in the year 1501, um, there was a sheik. Uh, the Muslims walled up the wall because then they believed that they'd be able to keep the Messiah from coming in. They didn't realize that the Messiah has already come. He already made his triumphal entry and he will come back again. But um, you think that wall will be able to keep him out? I don't think so. But uh, but that's the eastern gate and that's why they walled it up. But it's not going to do any good because Jesus will come back with his uh, glorified body. Amen. And uh, when he sets his foot on the Mount of Olives, he's going to rule and reign forever. Hallelujah. So he made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. You can put those other pictures up now. And so they, they, they hailed him the Messiah as they, um, you know, waved the branches and as they you know, cried out, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. As they waved over, you see the, the line there on the back of the donkey. You can see that he's sitting on the cross. He's sitting on the very cross right there prophetically that he was going to die. One week later, because the same crowd that hailed him within a week was ready to nail him to the cross. So he rode in with shouts of praise and glory. But number three, he walked out a week later with a criminal's cross on his back. So that he can make a triumphal entry into every heart. Hallelujah. Revelation 22, 17. It says, and let him that that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, God wants to come in and dwell in every heart of every person. He said, and whoever's thirsty, he said, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Amen. God desires that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Revelation 3.20. Jesus said, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So he wants us, y'all. He wants us to invite him into our lives. If you've never invited him into your life, and, and this morning I declare that you hear his voice as he begins to talk to you. Um, amen. That you would invite him into your life. He wants to make a triumphal entry into every situation that you could have in life. Any problem that you could have. He says, invite me in. Let me come in. I don't want you to do this by yourself. When we decide to worry and to fret, Rather than to rest in, in the relationship that we have. See, when you know things, you can be at peace and you can be courageous and you can be at rest. When I have, we have this relationship with Jesus. I know I was up talking to him early this morning. Right. See, hearing his voice talk to me early this morning and speaking scriptures to me. I didn't even think I'd ever heard before. He'd just speak a little word and I'd go and look it up because he is the word. Amen. It's that kind of relationship that we live and breathe. He said, I'll come in and I'll eat with you and you'll eat with me. We feast on the bread of life, the word of God. There's nothing more special. There's not a pizza that's any better. There's not anything you could eat in the natural that's any better than the bread of life. That bread of knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Living your life with him every day is nothing like it. And I think it's wonderful this time that we have right now that we have more time. Don't fuss about the pause. Don't fuss about this being sequestered. God's going to make a way for us. But this is a good time to have more time. 
time with Him, time to hear His voice, yes. time to talk to Him. You know, I've heard a lot of people are waking up early in the morning saying, I can't go back to sleep. Hmm. You know, restlessness. You know, be at peace. But when God wakes you up, you know, you got time to take a nap during the, during the day. Sometimes He'll wake you up during that hour between 3 and 6 a.m. That's a good time to get up and pray. Things are quiet. You know, nobody's going to call you or text you or blow up your phone. You know, you have time to be quiet with the Lord. This is such a wonderful time. Jesus is knocking. He's knocking. Open the door and say, come into my situation. Things you're worried about. Jesus, come into my, make a triumphal entry. A triumphant entry into my life and into my situation, into my family, into my job, where many of us have, you know, been laid off of our job and we don't know how we're going to pay our bills. Invite God in. Jesus, make your triumphal entry into my life, into my situation, into my job, into my money, into my wallet. You already know what you're going to do. God already knows how he's going to get you through this. So don't worry. Amen. Amen. So he wants to make a triumphal entry. So number two, I want to talk about provision because I'm sure that's on the mind of most of us right now is, you know, we, we know that there's. Food at the grocery store, so we're not panicking and clearing the shelves of stuff anymore. I hope not. Um, but so we kind of know that, that that it's okay that we can venture out and go to the store, wear a mask or what have you. But in the back of our minds, many of us are, are concerned. This, this is a time of uncertainty. We don't know what the future holds, and many people are concerned and worried. But we have to be so focused on the fact that, number one, God is a providing God. When the children of Israel were led out of bondage, and into the desert, it's like, God, are you kidding right now? We had plenty to eat. They thought, you know, if they'd had opportunity to think about it, they would have gone back to Egypt. But God had delivered them from bondage. We're free, but we're in the desert. We don't have any food. Do you know, a desert is a barren place. There's no water. There's not many animals there to even to eat. Not, you know, there's nothing. There's, you can't plant. You can't even make anything grow in the sand in the desert. So it was, a, it was a barren place that God called him out to. But he was faithful to feed him. He said, I'm going to rain down manna for you. And go get it in the morning. Didn't he rain it down twice in the morning and the evening? Yeah, he rained down manna. And they would go out and pick it up. He said, and just get enough for the day. And, and some of them thought, well, no, I'm going to try to store up a little more. And the ones that did that, they put it in a pot to try to have plenty. So they wouldn't have to go out the next day, I guess. <laughs> And it grew, it, it would stink and grow worms. God was teaching them to trust me day by day. Yeah. And maybe this is a time where we're going to be tested to trust God. Yes. But God is faithful. Yes, is. You've got to know that God is faithful. If this is a time of testing, Lord, bring on the test. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But you've got to know that God is a providing God. And, and if he's a good, good father... A father is not going to let his children starve if he can help it. And we know that God has every resource. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The whole earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everyone who lives in it and the fullness thereof. So God can cause you to be favored. You know, I've told you, continue to tithe right through this thing. Continue to give offerings. And it doesn't have to be a lot, but continue to give and support the kingdom of God. Because that opens up the supernatural supply from heaven. It connects you to the supernatural supply of heaven. Listen to me. Listen. God is a providing God, but the way that he's instituted in his word is through tithes and through offerings. So give an offering. Give what you can. Amen. Give what you can. Let God put it on your heart. This is a heart thing. 
not a habit thing. It becomes your habit. But God, you know, sometimes he'll call a halt to everything to get your heart involved again. All right. Yes. He wants to make a triumphal entry into your heart when it comes to the tithes and the offerings. Because that says, God, I trust you more than I trust this money. You can't serve mammon and God. The love of money and God. You can't serve both. You either hate one and serve the other or love one and, and, and despise the other. So you have to decide that my trust is not in money, but my trust is in God. Amen. He's a providing God. You know, when Abraham and Isaac, God told Abraham to, to go and sacrifice his son on the altar. Abraham didn't miss a beat. I'm like, that's amazing. But Abraham knew what God had said. In Isaac, your seed shall be blessed. And so Abraham believed God. And God accounted it to him for righteousness. So Abraham got up and took his son Isaac with him. He, he took the fire. He took the wood. He laid the wood on Isaac's back. They, they, um, they went, they, they went with, uh, you know, the other people that went with them. And, uh, he stopped and he said, um, you know, stay here, wait here while I and the lad, while we go yonder and we worship. And Isaac said, Dad, here's the wood and here's the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide a sacrifice for himself. Amen. God will provide for himself a sacrifice. In Genesis 22, 5, uh, Abraham told the other men, he said, stay here with the, with the donkey. <laughs> stay here with the donkey. When I think about that. How the donkey with the cross carried the wood and the supplies that they needed. There was a donkey yes. there with a what on its back, y'all? Yes. When yes. did God create that donkey? <laughs> Come on, but the foundations up the earth. Which, whichever day of creation he made the animals, that's when he decided donkeys would have that cross on their back. Stay here with the donkey with a cross on its back. Declaring that just as you have not withheld your son from me, neither will I withheld my, withhold my son from, from you to save the entire world. Hallelujah. But listen to what he said. He said, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. He said, we will come back. So Abraham had such faith. If I slay this boy, if I burn him up and, and offer him as a burnt offering to God, God will raise him up from the ashes and me and this boy are going back to Amen. that donkey. Yes. So Abraham had resurrection faith, and that's why God accounted it to him for righteousness. But when he gets there and he lifts up his hand to slay the boy, God says, hold back, don't do it. Don't do it, Abraham. And he looked behind him, and there was a ram caught in the bush. Now, the ram must have already been there because God had already provided it. Abraham just didn't see it. And sometimes there's provision that we don't see, that God has already provided God already knew that, that he was going to need this, this ram in the bush. He already knew. So he'd already seen to it. You know, just like that line back on the back of that donkey, that cross on the back of that donkey. God knew when he made it all those years ago that that day would come and that he would need the ram in the bush. God already knew and he already has seen to what you need to make it through this coronavirus pandemic. He already knows. It's not caught him off guard. God's not surprised. He already knows what he's going to do. But he needs to make a triumphant entry into your heart. And you need to trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he 
will direct your path. So, so Abraham named that place. Genesis 22:14 and Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide or Jehovah Jireh. And Jehovah means the self-existent eternal God who is revealing himself. Revelation 1:8 he says I am the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and the end says the Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to come. I'm in the I mean I'm even in the future. Hallelujah. So he is, he is your alpha, he is your omega, he is the beginning, he is the end, he's the one who was, who is, and is to come. He's got it covered. You gotta know that he knows the end from the beginning. And he, he already knows. He already has enough provision. The provision in the earth has not changed. God just has to get it into your hands. Amen. So Jehovah Jireh means to see and provide. It means to see to it. To foresee. And attend to every eventuality. So you gotta know and trust and rest that God has already foreseen this and already provided and attended to every eventuality that we would have throughout this, this, this situation. So to provide, look at this word provide. It means to supply, to issue, to furnish, to impart, to allocate, to distribute, to prepare, to make provision, to arrange. God has already arranged your provision to plan, to lay out in advance. Hallelujah. So God is a provider who's already laid it out in advance. We will just receive it. Amen. Number two, we have to remind ourselves that we are not out of his sight for one moment. God has not lost his sight. He can still see. And he still sees you right where you are. Listen to this and let this encourage you. So your blank on number two is we have to remind ourselves that we are not out of his sight for one moment. This is what I want you to see. Uh, today, this is it. Even before he got to that town, he knew about that colt. He knew where it was tied. He knew that the mama of the colt was right there with it. He knew that a ram was already caught in the bush. Your provision is already set yes, up. Amen. So don't ever think for a moment that Jesus is not aware about everything about you. Yes. He's the one who sticks closer than a brother. Yes. <laughs> He's closer than your next breath. He's closer than your skin. He's close. He's right there. He's aware of everything. There's not a, a sparrow that falls to the ground that he doesn't know about it. Matthew 10.30 says, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I was having lunch with my nephew one time. And I had told him that, that you're, that God knows how many hairs you have on your head. So we went to lunch a little while later. He was just a little boy and he started pulling hairs out of his head. I said, Larry, what are you doing? He said, I'm changing the number in heaven. Ah, all right. <laughs> Amen. So you got to know that God knows how many hairs you have on your head and how many you clip in. He knows how many eyelashes you have and now how many magnetic ones you put on. Isn't that something? Now we got magnetic eyelashes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God knows. He knows absolutely everything about us. Look at Psalm 5, um, uh, 56 and verse 8. He says, you, you number my wanderings. You put my tears into your bottle. Listen to David. David knew about this book. He said, are they not in your book? Are my tears not numbered in your book? Are they not in your book? 
Look at Psalm 139, 1 through 7. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, oh, Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? Look at verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So there's a book that's got your tears lifted in heaven. It's got the days that he fashioned for you in heaven. You're never out of his thoughts, out of his Sight, he says his thoughts towards you are more in number in the sand than the sand in just one day. More in number than the sand in just one day. Romans eight thirty eight through thirty through thirty nine. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not even coronavirus. Not even being sequestered in your home. It might have you separated from other people, but you're never ever ever separated from God. Amen. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creative thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. So this, this virus cannot separate us from God. Amen. Matthew 10, 29 and 31, it says, what is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, copper coin, a penny. You can buy, you can buy two sparrows for a, for a penny, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. So don't be afraid. You're more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Hallelujah. You got to know that you are so valuable to God. There's not another person made in the history of the world exactly like you. You're special and precious to God. Amen. Number three, in time of such uncertainty or in a time of such uncertainty, we must focus on things that are certain. So things are certain. There's there's a time of uncertainty, but there are things that are certain that will not change. And that is God will provide. Let's look at the words of Jesus right here. This this is so precious. Let's, Let's encourage ourselves with the words of Jesus. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. That is why I tell you. Not to, not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them every day. A bird doesn't get up and worry. Am I going to find a worm? But the bird gets up and goes out and looks and does what a bird does and kicks over leaves and, and digs in the grass or in the dirt. And he finds a worm. Amen. And so if the bird can find a worm, how much more is he going to take care of you? Amen. Aren't you, uh, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. Say, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? 
These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Woo! Whoa! That was, that was kind of boom right there, wasn't it? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But we're believers, so the Word dominates our thoughts. Amen. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Hallelujah. So God fed the children of Israel with manna every day. They gathered it every day for the day. And uh, so God is saying, trust me for your provision today. Trust me. If it gets to where we have to trust him day by day, hey, God can be counted on. He shouldn't have said it. He he shouldn't have said it if he didn't mean it. Amen. So that means we need to rest in this. We don't need to be uptight or anxious or worried, but we rest that God is going to take care of us. Amen. So, in fact, when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, give us this day our daily bread. No, not tomorrow's bread, but give us today. Give us this day our daily bread. Hey, when the pandemic happened in Elijah's day, God sent him to, to live by the creek or by the, by the, by the water. And, uh, he said, I'm going to cause the ravens to bring you meat and bread in the morning and meat and bread at night. If you've ever watched ravens, those black birds in the Walmart parking lot, they don't share. They even peck and scratch at one another. They will, they will try to steal from each other. But God caused the ravens to bring food and meat. To, to Elijah in the morning and in the evening. And when that dried up, God sent him to the widow of Zarephath, a, w- a widow woman who was willing to give a seed that would sustain them both right through the entire pandemic. Amen. I know, I know, I know what I'm talking about. Amen. Number four says, cast your cares on him and refuse to worry. He will provide. So you got two blanks on number four. Cast your cares on him and refuse to worry. He will provide. First Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and all, once and for all, on Him. So anytime you feel like worrying, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about getting paid? What am I, what am I going to do? Stop yourself. Interrupt your thoughts and say, God, I cast this care on you. I release this anxiety. I cast this back on you, Lord. This is not for me to worry about. You said you'd take care of me. So I cast this on you and I lay down and go to sleep and I declare sweet sleep. I've heard a lot of people are having nightmares and a lot of people are having trouble sleeping during this time. Listen, this is the best sleep aid that you declare over yourself at night. The scripture that says he gives his beloved sleep. They will lie down and their sleep shall be sweet. So declare sweet sleep over yourself. Lay lay hands on each other. Lay hands on your children and declare. Rebuke the enemy and declare that he he is not allowed to come in to um, invade your children's um, sleep time or your sleep time. I even heard that this, that uh, it's a part of the medical condition of coronavirus. That people are having horrible nightmares with this with this uh, virus. Um, we have a friend that um, uh, tested pov- positive for it. So we called to ask him, is this true? And he said, absolutely. He said, I've had such horrible dreams. He said, he said, they're so bad, I can't even tell you about them. That bad. Now that sounds like it's a spirit to me. 
That sounds like there's a spirit of fear attached to this virus. But the good news is is that we have authority over Satan and demons. Jesus said, I give unto you power and authority to, to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So he gives you the authority to declare that the enemy, that you are off limits to the enemy. Amen. So you, you, you have to take authority over the spirit of fear and anxiety. Hallelujah. We don't know. That's not part. For God has not given to us the spirit of fear. Amen. But of love, power, and a, sign, a sound mind. Anxiety, it has no part with the child of God. Because we keep our minds stayed on Him. Because we meditate day and night. We'll make our way prosperous through this thing. Amen. We will prosper right through this thing. Hallelujah. Continue to meditate on that and say that and speak that over yourself. I will prosper right through this. I'm going to come out of this thing better than I went into it. I declare double for my trouble in Jesus' name. He makes all things to work together for my good. So you have to constantly focus on those things and declare those things over your life. So he says, so casting all your cares, anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection. And watches over you very carefully. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, 8. It says, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So he's already prepared it. Amen. He already knows what you need. He's already prepared it. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. Listen to this. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So God's got some things He wants to pour into your life during this time. And through the Spirit of God. Amen. It's through this. The Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. But He reveals these things that He's given to us through the Spirit. You need to let your spirit draw in the Word of God and be so saturated that you are convinced so much that you're that you're courageous, that you're full of the peace of God. Amen. I know I'm preaching good today. Amen. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, declares the, the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. So God's got a hope and a future on his mind for you. Okay, number three. Last thing I want to leave you with here is pass the test. Number one, this is a test. It is only a test. (laughs) It's only a test. And during this time of testing, we got to decide we're going to come out victorious. Amen. Look, 2 Peter 2.9 says, So God knows how to rescue the godly from evil trials. God knows what he's doing. He knows how to rescue you from the trials. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 in the Amplified, it says, No temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. Look at this. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature that he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation or the test, he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Amen. So God's going to give you the, the, the power and the ability to make it through this thing. Amen. 
Those that wait upon the Lord shall change and renew their strength. You're going to be strong to make it through this. You just be, uh, need to declare it and know it. You've got to rest in it so you can pass the test. First Peter 4.12, it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Jesus said in his life, you're going to have trials and tribulations. So this is not some strange thing. This is just a test. Remember how the old pattern used to come on the TV, y'all? It used to say, this is a test. This is only a test. But if it wasn't a test, we'd be telling you where to go and what to do. (laughs) But this is just a test. Amen. So this is, this is just a test. We're going to make it through this. Amen. All right. Number two, test show me what I really know. You know, this is a pop test. This is a really good, this is a, this is a final exam, maybe, (laughs) to see what you really know. Because really, without a test, you really don't know who you are. You really don't know until you get tested. Am I going to be able to trust God? Do I really believe this? Am I going to get into fear? Am I going to get into anxiety? Am I going to get into worry? Or am I going to trust God and rest through this thing? Might as well rest. Amen. You might as well rest. James 1, 2 through 4. Look at this. Look how James, I love how James said it. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Listen, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This test is perfecting us. This test is teaching us to trust God. This test has given us an opportunity for God to show himself strong through us. Because we are not like unbelievers who've got their mind worried about where they're going to get what they get. We are not like unbelievers. Hallelujah. But we are believers. Let me just say one thing that reminds me. One time I had a family member who was dying and and the hospice nurse was was with my family member. And and the, the hospice worker came out and said that my family member was a great believer. I'm a believer in God. And I said, well, how would you know that? You know, she really can't talk. And she said, because people who are atheists and don't believe in God are freaking out when they're dying because they have no belief in God. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably the same thing with this. Yeah, people, same thing. Some people, if they don't believe in God, are just freaking out. Right, right, right. They are. They are freaking out. But there's no freaking out. You're freaking in a no freaking out zone. If you're a believer, you live in the no freak out zone. Hallelujah. We have peace. Peace that passes understanding. It guards our hearts and our minds. Amen. So let the peace of God guard your heart and guard your mind. Amen. So the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Job 23, 10 through 11. It says, but he knows where I'm going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold. For I have stayed on the Lord's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. So look, when we come out of this thing, we're going to come out pure gold. Amen. We'll be a little more purified knowing the Lord a little bit stronger than we knew him before. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, and on this rock, Greek means Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar. So this we're we're founded on a rock. That is so huge that we cannot be moved. Amen. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades. The powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. 
You got to remember how strong you are and how powerful you are as a blood-bought, born-again child of the living God that you are strong and that the gates of hell cannot even prevail against you. And, and listen, we're insulated at this time, but stay connected. Stay connected. We need to stay connected with each other. We are insulated, but we are not isolated from each other. Thank God for social media. Thank God for YouTube. Thank God that we can stay connected this way that we are right now. Hallelujah. Thank God that we're born in this time and that this thing. And God do. He, he needs the church to stay connected. We need to stay connected so that we can, um, do what we're supposed to do. Hallelujah. So stay connected. You know, I heard about these trees that are found over on the West Coast. And uh, on, on just a, 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 a just a slight inspection, you would see that these trees have a very shallow root system. So you would think that a tree with a shallow root system would be easy to topple over. But upon closer inspection, these trees have a, have a, a shallow root system, but they all connect together. And each one makes the other stronger. So because of their, because of their roots being connected, they were stronger through, so through the storm and through the winds. And I know out in California, if you've ever experienced the Santa Ana winds that blow in off the desert, they were scooting me along the road. I, of course I was 18 and probably weighed 95 pounds, but they were scooting me along the road. These winds were so strong. But these trees, they stay, they stand up against the fiercest winds because they're connected in their root system. So I'm telling you, stay connected during this time. Stay connected. Continue to support the kingdom of God. If you're watching from another church, continue to support your pastor. Continue to support um, with your tithes and offerings. Continue to support with your prayers. Stand. This is a this is a time for the body of Christ to continue to stand. Don't allow yourself to be drawn off or to get lazy and think because we're not coming to church that you don't come to church. Or I'll I'll watch it later. I think it's important that we do gather together at this time like we normally. Normally do. Amen. Amen. So, so we are the blood-bought, born-again church of the living God. We've been founded upon the rock that not even the gates of hell can stand against us. So COVID-19 cannot stand against the church of God. I'm telling you, this is the time for God to be glorified. This is the time for God to do big things that even the heathen will say, this has got to be God. You know, I'm, I'm praying and believing God that, that, uh, the help that he's sending to help that it gets there quickly, that there is a vaccine, that there is medication, that there is, you know, uh, plenty of masks and all the things that we can do to protect ourselves in the natural. I'm praying that all that is true. But, you know, I believe that God can heal this thing quickly. That when the people of God pray, He said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear you from heaven. And I'll heal your land. Yeah. Yeah. I'll heal your land. We need our land to be healed. And I believe that if we stand together. The, the unconfrontable force that we are. That we'll see things change. That we'll see God be glorified and magnified. That even the doctors will say. This just. It all just began to turn around. That God is big enough that His Shekinah glory can come in and heal people in the hospital right where they are. That He could come in. Listen, when there were 120 in the upper room, the Spirit of God rushed in like a mighty wind and sat upon each of them. I believe that in our day, you know, in the last day, in the last outpouring that there's going to be, I believe God's going to do mighty things. 
And I believe that he could rush through the hospitals and, and just get people uh, off of a deathbed, off of a bed of affliction. That people's lungs would be cleared in an instant. That angels and, and would come and, and minister to people. That, that nurses and doctors that are there would see it and know it and say, we didn't do it. This was God. Even the heathen would have to say, this was God. Hallelujah. I believe it's time that we release our faith for God to do mighty things, mighty things in the earth. And, and you know, during this week, during our prayer call, and if you aren't part of our prayer call, that's an excellent way to stay connected every single day, to hear your pastor's voice every day. I'm on the phone. I tell you good morning. I ask how you're doing. I want you to give me your, your prayer requests. I pray over whatever, whatever prayer requests I receive. I pray over them every single morning, Monday through Friday. And then we still have prayer on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I just have someone else lead it. Um, but call in and and get on the prayer call. But during the prayer call this week, God spoke to me. I had a a snap vision. And many times God does that. He'll just show me something in a vision. And I saw that I opened the church. You know, there's a liquor store right behind this wall right here. There's a liquor store that's, that's open. And that's essential. According to what they say um, is essential things, you know, go into the uh, grocery store. Um, uh, what else are some other construction is still essential. Well, I believe praying at this time is essential. I believe that spiritually it's so much more essential than our liquor store being open. That God showed me just in an instant that we still practice um, social distancing but to, this this altar is like how many feet? How many feet, Kevin? Did we say this altar is this this stage? Fifty. That I, I believe it's fifty feet. You think it's fifty? Ten? Twenty? Thirty? Forty? So I, anyway, God showed me to divide it into three sections with tape on the floor, so that you could come in during the week. And by still practicing safe distancing, the minute you come in the door, we're going to direct you to the restroom to wash your hands. If you have a mask, wear it. Uh, we're going to direct you as soon as you come from washing your hands to put hand sanitizer on your hands. We're going to give you a prayer agenda and give you, give you instructions to come in and to stay in your area to pray. We're going to give you a three-by-three three piece of paper to come and lay down on the altar for, for this, this there to be um, set, for it to be sanitized. You're, you'll have your own piece of paper, like when you go to the doctor and they roll that piece of paper down on the little bed that you sit on. Then they, when you leave, they tear that and throw it away. So you'll throw away your piece of paper as you leave, sanitize your hands once again, and then you go home. So we can have as many as three people in here at a time and still be practicing social distancing. And I'm asking that our people would come in and pray. God's people that are called by his name, this church that Jesus has built on this rock, that we would come in and get in the altar and cry out to God. I believe there's coming three things. Revival in, in, in pockets all over America and all over the world. Pockets of revival are about to be released. But revival comes because God's people pray. Yes. Revival comes because God's people pray. So I'm opening the altars for you to come in. You may come in and you'll be here all by yourself, but we'll have the lights on. We'll have the the worship music playing, um, instrumental worship music playing, because God inhabits the praises of his people. Worship music invites God. There's worship music going on in heaven right now. So we're going to set an atmosphere. There's something about coming to the altar and praying. And I believe as we come in and as we pray, I believe 
And I've believed this for many years. I've marched across this altar for many years and prayed intercessory prayer. I've sat at this floor right here and prayed over souls and prayed and prayed intercessory prayer early in the morning at 5 a.m. on Tuesday mornings for years. I did it right here in this place. I'm telling you, God is in this place. And I believe that if we will come in and that we will pray, I believe that Humble, Texas has been marked for revival from before the foundations of the earth. I believe there will be a pocket of revival here in in Humble, Texas and in this area. I believe even in this church that God had us prepare it for such a time as this. And so I may even put it on the sign outside that people are welcome to come in and to just pray. And so we'll practice uh, social distancing. You wait until you're in your car until um, it's oh, if that many people come in. And I pray that that it is that that many people want to come in and pray. That you have to wait until your car until it's your turn to come in. You know, Jesus said, "Could you not pray with me one hour?" You know, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So I believe we need to set our flesh aside. We have nothing else to do. <laughs> we can't go anywhere else. And I believe. That if we'll seek God, that we'll, that if we'll pray, we'll experience that revival. And I believe that a revival will give birth to an awakening. And revival begins to spring up everywhere. And, and people in churches and people outside of the body of Christ begin to be awakened to the spirit and the power of God. And then after the awakening, I believe there'll be the outpouring. The outpouring of the end time, the latter rain in abundance that only God can bring. But it starts with revival. Revival starts with prayer. And then awakening comes when people are revived. Because the people, when the people of God get revived, come on, it starts at the household of faith. When the people of God, and you can't say that that, that our hearts were on fire every time we came to church. Now we're in a position where I believe we can come to church individually with our hearts on fire. Seeking the face of God for an end of this thing. For revival. That we come in and we pray for revival. Revival gives birth to awakening. And awakening will give birth to an outpouring. How many of you want an outpouring? How many of you want an outpouring in here today? How many of you want to see the latter rain in abundance? Poured out in abundance. Hallelujah. And so we're going to have it set up. I've already talked to Yuri. We have the paper already available. We're going to print up the the prayer agenda and the things that you can pray over. You may want to prepare yourself, anoint yourself with oil and, and prepare yourself. Write up your own prayer agenda and the things that you want to bring to the altar of God. God says, make an altar and I'll meet you there. We've prepared this altar. We've, we've made this altar. We'll divide it into three. You'll be no, you'll be, you'll be like, um, at least 12 to 15 feet away from people. They give you six feet at the grocery store. So we're giving you way more. We're way, we're way farther ahead, um, than, than what the world is doing or what the liquor store is doing right behind that wall. Amen. This is more essential than buying liquor. Amen. Way more essential because this is, I believe God is calling us to our knees. He's calling us to pray for this nation, to pray that our nation will know how to pray for us and to pray that our nation will know how to lead us. We pray for our, you know, the, the Bible says that we should pray for all that are in authority and all that, uh, that lead us, every president, every, every judge, every police officer, that we should pray for them, that they would lead us the way that they should lead us. Amen. So this would be, I believe this is going to be a great time of fruitfulness. And God will be glorified when we ask according to His will. God is glorified.
Amen. That we bear much fruit. So I believe this is a time of fruitfulness. So the church is going to be open this week starting tomorrow morning. It'll be open starting at what time, Yuri, is the best time for you for it to be open? 8.30 in the morning? Okay, so as early as 8.30 in the morning. And, um, you know, we're hoping that there'll be no more than three at a time because that's uh, all the space. I think we need to be spaced that far apart. And uh, if you have a mask, bring your mask. Make sure you wash your hands before you leave home. Wash your hands when you get here. First thing you do is wash your hands. The next thing you do is put hand sanitizer. Anoint your hands with hand sanitizer. Amen. So we do the the safe thing, the right thing, but I don't think think there's anything wrong with us coming in individually and praying. Maybe a husband and wife comes. You can pray together in one of the sections that we provide because, you know, you're already hanging out with your honey, right? You're already hanging out with them. So you can uh, come together and get in the altar and pray. Or you can separate yourselves and pray in separate areas if you want to. But use your big three-by-three piece of paper. If you want to kneel down in the altar, if you want to lay in the altar, use that. You know, if you have your tears in the altar, um, then just make sure you you have your, your big piece of paper that you do that on. Amen? And then you just take your paper out with you when you leave. And uh, you throw it away with your hands. Go wash your hands again. Use hand sanitizer again. And then go home. Amen. I I think this is something that we absolutely must do. So I'm counting on you to do it. I know that Acceleration Church is a praying church. We pray every single morning. So I I hope that you will hear the voice of God, you know, get the witness of the Spirit and come in and pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Oh, good. Y'all have already got it up there. Praise God. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word that's gone in our hearts today. We thank you, Lord, for the challenge that we have to come to the altar and to pray. And, Lord, we just declare that it's going to bear much fruit. Bear much fruit, Lord God, that you're going to hear our voice and you're going to heal our land. Lord, as the cry comes up, we just cry out for revival. And, Lord, as revival happens in our hearts, we just ask you for an awakening. And as we, as the household of faith becomes awakened, Lord, that it causes an awakening in the lost and the unchurched. Lord, we know that in the last days there's a great outpouring and that there's many souls that are saved, Lord. And, Lord, we believe that that's um, supposed to happen in our lifetime. So, Lord, we just do our best to come in and to pray and believe you for it and lord we just we just ask you for this outpouring to just come forth and be poured out on us lord we just pray lord protection from this covid 19 that lord we'd continue to be untouched and unaffected by this this virus lord we declare psalm 91 no plague shall come nigh our dwelling we dwell in the secret place of the most high under the shadow of the almighty thank you father god Thank you for your protection. We plead the power of the blood around us to set up a perimeter around us that keeps us free from any any sickness, any any disease whatsoever. It shall not come nigh our bodies or our dwellings in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're at home there and maybe you would say, Pastor Sally, I don't know God. Maybe somebody invited you to watch today and you'd say, you know, I, I don't know God. You'd say, maybe I've turned away from him. Maybe I've gone my own way. Today is a good day to turn back around and face God, to repent and to to receive Jesus Christ. In just a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You'd say, Pastor Sally, I'm lost, but I don't want to be lost. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. I'm going to pray with you. And uh, if that's you and you, you pray this prayer and you mean it in your heart, everything's about to change. So here we go. I'm going to lead you in this very simple prayer. Everyone just pray along with me. Say, Father. In Jesus' name, I confess to you that I am a sinner. 
I have messed up. Sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And I believe that on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sins. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me in Jesus' name. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, congratulations to you. Become a child of God. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Your sins have been forgiven. And so far, God has tossed them so far behind himself that he remembers them no more. Amen. But you got to let somebody know. Nobody gets to sneak into heaven. you got to let uh, somebody know that you've accepted Jesus today. You can go to the Acceleration Church app. If you haven't downloaded it, go to the App Store and download the Acceleration Church app. It's absolutely free. And then just fill in the... Um, the uh, connection card and let somebody know that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. And that way, if you put your phone number on there, I'll be able to call you myself and congratulate you for your decision that you made today to receive Jesus. Amen. It's a wonderful day to receive Christ on Palm Sunday. Hallelujah. Well, it's offering time. Amen. This is the time in our service where we receive our tithes and our offerings. This is where we return the tenth part back to God. You know, at the beginning of the year, God told me to declare that that 2020 is the year of plenty, plenty. So declared plenty, plenty in 2020. So we've been declaring it since the since January before we knew this thing was going to happen and there would be a possible interruption in our in our um, uh, payroll and being able to get paid in our paychecks. But God has said, he told me to to begin to challenge the members to become tithers in manifestation. And that's what I did. And man, I'll tell you, our people began to step up and to give. And I believe that God, that was a word in due season because our tithes and our offerings will cause God to rebuke the devourer for our sake. Amen. He does it for us. And he causes what we have to last last longer, to stretch further. He causes people to use their power, ability, and influence to help us. He opens up doors of favor for us. Our name comes to the top of the list. I'm telling you, um, you need to be a tither and a giver because that causes the supernatural power of God to be connected to your finances. Do you hear me this morning? So don't don't decide, you know, because things could get bad that I'm not going to tithe, I'm not going to support the kingdom of God. You've got to support the kingdom of God. Amen. Because he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, and all these things will be added unto you. So you, God's way of doing things is tithes and offerings. Amen. And he said, try me now in this. Maybe you've never tried it. He says, try me now in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing. You'll not have room enough to receive it. Amen. And so this is a time to try if you've never tried it. Just to let Jesus make a triumphant entry into your heart so that you'll trust him with the tithe and with the offering. And God, God, God has promised, you know, if he didn't mean it, he shouldn't have said it. But he said it. And so we take him at his word and believe that he's going to supply and multiply our seed. Listen, the all-sufficiency grace of God comes on our lives. And he says that we'll have plenty enough to give into every good work. He gives seed to the sower. Amen.
Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sow into your kingdom. We thank you that as we sow today, because we are tithers and givers, men give to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into our bosom. We thank you, Father, that, that, that you are causing people to use their power, ability, and influence to help us. We thank you, Lord, there's no interruption in our jobs, no interruption in our paychecks. We thank you for stimulus and all kinds of monies that can come to us, Lord, from every direction. Lord, checks are coming in the mail that we never expected to get. We thank you, Lord, that you are supplying and multiplying our seed and our ability to sow. We will not miss a beat. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, listen, send us your prayer requests. Let us know that you are watching. Don't forget to post your, um, your, your, your selfie on, on our social media page. Post it on the Acceleration Church page or, or, or post it and then tag Acceleration Church, however you want to do that. But uh, let us know you were watching. Show the screen with us behind you on it so that we know that you were watching today and that everybody knows about Acceleration Church. Let, let this be an evangelistical time for you. Use it. Use social media to reach out to people to um to know about your church and to let people know this is a good place where you can hear the word of god amen Amen. all right y'all i love you mucho time to sign off babe tell everybody you love